Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Paul Brennan, PGA professional with Believe in Tennessee Golf here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Our show is a breakdown of all things golf in the volunteer state. We will cover men's and women's golf tournaments, professional amateur events, and dive into junior golf as well. We'll talk to the players, the instructors, and the organizers. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and raise on iTunes. You can also find us on your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminaire, TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com or at Believe Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at pbrandon 21 or on Twitter at QIC underscore golf pro. So here it is, Masters Week, and I'll dive into that a little bit later. Um, going right to the questions uh, coming in first. Got a few good ones here this week, and then we'll talk about our picks for the Masters, who's playing well, and yeah, I'll go ahead and put my little wagers out there and talk about those. But the first question coming in from Tommy, talking about the rules. Um, Hitting it into a water hazard or a, a penalty area, uh, as they're called now as of 2019. Um, and the situation he explained is him and his buddies were playing. It was a par three over water. And his friend hits the shot and it goes in the water. And then there was a little bit of debate and discussion on how could he re-hit it, where do you take his drop. Um, and the friend chose to go to the front of the tee box and drop it, but he did have another option. Um, so looking into the rules, and Rule 17 is all about penalty areas. If you need to look us up, you can go to usga.org, Tommy. Um, and I recommend just go ahead and either download the app for your phone, since it's available, or go ahead and order a hard copy to leave in your golf bag. Uh, I always keep a copy of mine. That way, if I'm unsure of a ruling, I can go back and double-check, or I can clear the rules officially in when I'm in a tournament. But so when you get to the penalty area, you have two colors normally uh the usga recommends red and yellow i know other courses use slightly different colors but red being a lateral hazard in that case meaning it is to the side generally you're not hitting over a lateral hazard you're hitting next to it so it'd be the uh pond down the left side of the green or the right side of the hole or, or something like that and then a yellow which is a regular water hazard uh and the yellow is where you're actually hitting over it. So when we think about 17 at Sawgrass, you're hitting over that water, so it is deemed as a yellow. Uh, but when you're hitting down 18 at Sawgrass, the pond on the left side is red. So if your ball hits on the dry ground, hops in, you can then take a drop or relief from that area. So dealing with the yellow first, the regular hazard, um, now... The options I'm talking about are with a stroke penalty. So, obviously, if you can find your ball inside a lot of penalty area and you can play it, there's no penalty. You can hit the shot and go. But if it is a yellow, you have two options. Number one, you can re-hit the shot. So, you go back if it's in the fairway and drop it as close as possible. Uh, if it's a tee shot, you can actually re-tee and hit from there. Your second option is is keeping the point, again, this is the yellow, the one that you'd have to go over. You keep the point, the ball last crossed the hazard line, 
directly between you and the hole and you can go back as far as you want. So if it was a 30-yard shot that where the ball went into the water and you're more comfortable at 50, you keep that point directly you in the hole and you walk back, you keep your line of sight, um, and you can drop it back there in that 50 yards if that's where you're comfortable with. So again, those are the two options with a one-stroke penalty on how to play a yellow penalty area. Moving on to the red, there are three options. Now, we still have the same number one re-hit, and we actually have the same number two keeping that point directly between you and the hole. But now thinking about how the reds work, they're generally left or right of our intended line. And this is where this one, the, the third option comes into play. You are entitled to take relief two club links from the last point at cross. So again, if using number 18 at Sawgrass as an example, somebody hits a shot that lands in the fairway and rolls into the penalty area, they can go up and estimate where last cross, take their two club links and drop it into the rough or even possibly fairway there if that happened. They could not use option number two in most cases because keeping the point where it last crossed between them and the hole might still be in the water. They may have to go back to the re-t. So, but those are the three options there, Tommy. So again, I would recommend download the app, uh, usga.org, or you can find it on the app store, or order a book, a copy of the book, and keep it in your bag. So moving on, Jesse, I ask about aim point putting. What is it, and how do you do it? Well, Jesse, you've heard. Several times on the show, I've talked about green reading books and, and golf logics apps and lots of other things out there. And Aimpoint is uh, it's an amazing system. It teaches you to read the slope or the percentage of slope uh, with your feet. And if you were to sign up and go through an Aimpoint, you just go to their, their website, aimpoint.com, and find local or well, Actually, Joe Hallett's the only teaching professional here in Middle Tennessee uh, that's certified to teach them, I believe. Uh, you can definitely double-check me on that one. Uh, but I know Joe does a lot with Aimpoint. Um, but what they do is they teach you to feel the slope with your feet. So they have you walk around the hole, kind of stand on the line that you're putting. And if you can feel weight moving towards your toes or your heels, the amount of pressure that puts on you, they tell you to you read it in one, two, and three percent grades. And, and the reason they only do the three is they tell you that anything over three, the ball wouldn't stop there in most cases, depending on the speed of the greens. Um, and then an original aim point, there was a book, and it would tell you that at a one percent one percent slope, the ball would break X number of inches per five foot section. And so you could calculate if you had a 20-foot putt, you look at the thing, it would tell you 20 feet, and it may be 7 inches of break. Making the numbers up here, Jesse, so don't hold me to those, but again, just put them in perspective. And then 2% would be more, and 3% would be more. And it, just, it was an equation, it was a, a lot of caddies go through it and learn how to do it to take it to the PJ Tours, so they can kind of help with that. Um, and then Aimpoint Express came out. Now, Aimpoint Express, same principles of reading with your feet, but they use a trick of the percentage you feel represents a finger width. Um, and so what I mean by that, if you're putting on a 10-footer and you've distinguished or felt or determined that it is one degree of slope, you would hold one finger up in your visual 
of how far one finger is left or right of the hole, depending on the break, that would be your starting point for the putt. Now, I have heard that this is an old military uh, mortar trick. So when the guys were shooting mortars to kind of figure out how the judge and the wind, um, they would hold one finger up to aim for drift and things like that. I don't know if that's true or not. You can definitely double check me on that one as well. But I've heard that from multiple sources. That was an old military trick on uh, how to gauge quickly on the fly. Uh, but you see Adam Scott uses it quite a bit, especially this week at Augusta. You might see uh, if he makes a run at it like he's capable of. Um, you'll see a lot of it, but he'll hold one finger up, two finger up, or he'll do a one and a half. And again, that principle works from one foot all the way out to 100 feet. It just happens to be the width of your finger is an approximate uh position offline and kind of gives you an idea so jesse if you're definitely looking at that aim point check out their website uh, i know they're running classes uh with their instructors uh, i know joe hallett here does teach uh, you can definitely check with him see if he has any availability to take you through it or check the site to see there but it teaches you to read with your feet amazing system but very very complex uh in its calculations and how that works so gene comes in with uh, a, a question that was sparked about how to take it from the range and how to stay, uh, how to keep your game in shape throughout the winter. And same thing, it was, you know, how do you stay sharp? Uh, so again, Gene, uh, as I talked about earlier in the year with staying sharp during the pandemic when we couldn't get out and play, um, it's finding drills that you can do around your house uh, that are not so weather dependent. Uh, the putting drills are always great. Uh, the chipping drills I talked about with my chipping net and and playing little games that I do there. Uh, other things that you can do is find some short golf courses and really work on your iron game, staying crisp, uh, working on the short game uh, as well. I know the little course here in Franklin, the par three, nine holes, ranging from 40 to 200 yards, depending on which tees you're playing. But you can hit a lot of different shots and really work on the game. So by focusing on the, the iron play in the short game, really spending that time, 75% uh, of all shots are played from inside 120 yards uh, in, in the game. And so because, I mean, great example, you know, you punch it into the trees or you hit your tee shot in the trees and you punch out, and you knock it up there to 80 yards, well, now you've got to get up and down the safe bar. Uh, and that's just where all the shots occur. So by working on that 120 and under, whether it's a wedge or a nine or an eight or whatever your club you hit, just staying crisp with those clubs, being able to get it close enough to the green, getting your chip shots close enough to the hole and making some putts. So really focus on the putting, work on the short game, and then just staying solid with those short irons from 120 and under. So Gene, hopefully that can help you get through some winter. Um, definitely check out uh, Golf Digest or the Golf Channel for some great articles on that. But again, as I work with my students throughout the winter, it's, it's getting them in the bays, keeping them swinging so they don't lose the swing but it's playing short game challenges, trying to hit shots from 25-50 and get out of the visual of only seeing a shot as 20 yards, but actually being able to feel what a 20-yard shot is. Uh, I know my friend Brian Lackey at the Golf Club of Tennessee does a lot of TrackMan Combine in the offseason. Uh, and the Combine has you hit multiple shots from distances and grades you and creates a handicap based on that. Uh, so using something like that, is a primer to keep the game going for in the spring when everything rolls around. 
All right, so talked about it, teased it a little bit. Masters, uh, Jeff actually came in and asked me what my Masters picks, who my Masters picks were, and why. So I did a little research, and I won't say there was any bets placed on this, but I will say I had a friend of mine text me who I would be picking, and I know where he's currently at. So we'll just leave it at that. But so coming into the Masters, who are my picks and why? Um, number one, I'm actually going to go with number one in the world, Dustin Johnson. Um, I know Dustin had the COVID, uh, break from the game, but he was able to bounce back at Houston last week. Uh, Dustin's played himself into that number one player in the world. He, uh, he's been playing very solid and had a chance to get it done last week. Uh, put himself in position on Sunday, uh, tied for the lead with, I think, nine holes to go and just got beat in the end by Ortiz shooting at 65 on Sunday. So, again, congratulations to Ortiz on that. But Dustin put himself in position, hit some great shots coming down the stretch. Um, and I think, you know, he's really worked on his wedge game. We saw him win his first major at the U.S. Open. He's been in contention since then. Um, so, Dustin's still going to be knocking on that door. So, definitely one of my picks for the week. Um my number two pick, and I shouldn't call him my number two pick. I'll just read them off in the order I wrote them down. Um, Xander Shoffley. And right now, I believe Xander is the most complete player on the PGA Tour. Um, he's not flashy in anything that he does. He doesn't have that Mickelson flair of a short game, or he doesn't have the Bryson DeChambeau distance. Um, but if you're needing a guy to hit some fairways and hit some greens and make some putts and shoot some little rounds, I think this is the guy you bet on right now. Um... Xander has just been coming out. I mean, he, I talked about him a couple weeks ago in his putting drills with having a different coach. We're just swing coaches, Stefan, his dad, um, and, and how he's really worked his way up there. But Xander's just an all-around player. Um, going back over the years, we, we've joked and called certain people cash cows uh, in golf. And that's just if you need, in a fantasy golf game, you need some quick, easy money quickly, you pick them. And, and Zach Johnson's kind of been my guy for that. Um, Zach is an amazing wedge player, doesn't drive it into trouble, a great putter. Um, and that's what I see a lot of Xander. I see Xander being that guy who's going to be around for a long time and contend. And he's playing good right now. He's been had a solid year since the, the break from the pandemic. And I just really expect to see some really good things out of him coming up this week. So that's one to definitely be watching on your board. Um, the next guy on my list, and I can almost say the exact same thing for him as I did for Xander, but that's going to be uh, Colin Morikawa. Uh, relatively newer guy on tour. Already has his first major with the PGA. Uh, had two wins since the restart. Uh, so, again, possibly since the restart, playing the best golf of anybody. Now, I know DeChambeau has had a win and a major as well, so it's close. Um, but Colin is just, again, one of those guys who doesn't do anything flashy, but he's just in the trenches. He's doing the dirty the dirty work, the small ball, hits fairways, hits greens, uh, good short game, makes putts. And just doesn't put himself in some bad positions and make mistakes. So, again, a couple of guys there I, I'll say are flying on the radar, again, because they're not flashy, but they're on the top of everybody's list just because they get it done week to week. 
My number four pick, um, and it, it's kind of it's hard to bet against him at Augusta, but it's Tiger Woods. Um, and again, it's Augusta. This guy's seen it so many times. I think this is his twenty fifth year to play in the tournament. Um, so, or it's been twenty five years since he started uh, playing as an amateur and then moving himself up as a professional. It's been 23 years since his first win. I'll get into a whole storyline on that in a second. But this is the golf course for majors that Tiger, even though he doesn't hit it as far as he did in his dominance, he's still one of the best iron players there is. Uh, there's not a lot of rough out there. Uh, we're seeing more rough over the last couple of years, but still it's not a lot of rough. And so as Tiger can get on that golf course and hit some solid iron shots, and he knows those greens, and he's one of the best lag putters we've ever seen play the game. If he can just hit some greens and put himself in position, because he doesn't, there's not a premium on driving the ball straight at Augusta. You can hit it a little left, a little right. The fairways are forgiving. You have some areas to get away with it, but it comes down to controlling your distance, controlling your shot shape, and being able to flight the ball to get it to stop and release. And again, that's what Tiger has made a career out of, winning 15 majors and 82 or 83 tournaments um, to this point now. And so, again, it's going to be a lot of fun to see uh, him this week. Now, I know earlier tee times, projected forecast, weather conditions, maybe a little bit cooler, could be tough on his back. So we'll definitely have to see how he looks this week. Um, and then my other one, again, kind of going off the radar, um, but even, I never think this guy's off the radar, Henrik Stenson. Um, Henrik, in my opinion, is the best ball striker on tour and has been for a long time. Um, he has struggled with the driver, but he has found that magical three wood. Uh, I know in 2019 he led the tour in driving accuracy. I know, again, he's hitting that three wood probably 70% of the time, but he can still hit that three wood 270 to 290 and play. Uh, he also led, in 2019, greens in regulation uh, for the season. So he's hitting fairways, he's hitting greens. If, if Henrik can get that putter hot, you could really see some things from the Swede going on uh, this week at Augusta. Um, so those are my five, DJ, Xander, Colin, Tiger, and Stinson. Um, definitely shoot out yours to me. Uh, we'll talk about them next week when we see who the winner is. I am going to let you go a little early this week because there's coverage is going to be on bright and early Thursday, and I know everybody's wanting to get in and see some of that. So, again, this is Paul Brandon, PGA Professional with Believe in Tennessee Golf here on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? Check us out on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminaire, TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com. You can also find us at Believe Podcast. You can also find the other 200 and something shows that Believe has on there um, covering all types of sports, local events, and teams. So if you haven't already, check out the Believe.com site. Uh, see the listings of shows. Uh, start following some of us. Again, a lot of great content uh, about everything out there. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at pbrandon21 or on Twitter at QIC underscore golf pro. This is week 46 in the bookshaw. I can't believe it's been this successful. Thank you all so much for helping me with that. Um, 
watch some tournament play this weekend. I I normally want you to go play, but this is a great weekend. We actually get Augusta in November, and it's going to be one to remember. So we'll talk to you all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.